Welcome back to the Perth Business Podcast. We're a podcast for Perth's business community and we give voices to entrepreneurs, creatives and thought leaders via a platform that allows you to access their stories on the go. I'm Taryn, the host of the podcast, a digital marketing gal with five years of industry experience working and networking with the best in Perth over a Bev when the best stories tend to emerge. The podcast features origin stories of our local thought leaders, their tales of tough times and tribulations, as well as their trade secrets, tips, and learn strategies that led to their success. Our dream is that you'll learn from their mistakes and challenges and implement their solutions for yourself. So grab a cup of coffee or settle in for the drive to work or to the gym and enjoy. Make sure you give us your thoughts online at Instagram, Facebook, or LinkedIn. And hit that little subscribe button to make sure you get our episodes every week. Without further ado, here's our next guest. Introducing Julian from United Franchise Group to talk all things marketing and franchising from both sides of the coin. If you've ever wondered what the franchising process is like, whether or not you should franchise your business and how it all works without the jargon, this episode's for you. So settle in, grab a cup of coffee and let's get started. Thank you so much for being on the podcast. I'm so excited to talk to you. I've never spoken to anyone about franchising, so thank you for taking the time. No problems. Thanks for having me. Yeah, thanks for sharing this um, Fiano with me, this uh, white wine. I appreciate it on the on the Thursday. That's not quite Friday, but feels no, like a Friday. Thursdays are Fridays. Yeah, it's a bit of a shock going into work on a Friday after a Thursday, isn't it? You're like, oh, we're so close, and now I feel like we've got a whole 24 yeah. hours. Fridays are the best, though, aren't they? They're meant I, to be. I love the Friday. Oh, yeah. What's a Friday you know, like, like it, for you? You're just you're just the furthest away from Monday, right? At Friday, mm-hmm. so I feel like everything from there you're like losing time, and you're like not that True. I not that I hate my job or anything. <laughs> like that. You're like but just right. admit that one in the uh, yeah. in the edits. <laughs> Who's listening? Not Is this my where boss. I pause so you can yeah. cut it out. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, no, I, I know exactly what you mean because if I go out on a Friday night. And I have all of Saturday and Sunday. I can go to the markets. Right. I can do my groceries, and I still have right. Sunday. Exactly. Whereas if I go out on a Saturday night, I feel like I was preparing for that night out by like rushing to get all the socializing and stuff done. And then by Sunday, you're either in recovery mode or you've still got a whole bunch of chores to do. Exactly. I'm a huge believer exactly. in not doing chores on a Sunday. The, the, the weekend is always longer when you do something on the Friday night. Absolutely. Yep. Big advocate for it. And bonus points if you can do two things in one weekend. That is like, oh. Hats, hats off to you because um, my social battery does not often last that long. Um, I've got two kids, so oh yeah, yeah, right, yeah. Okay, how old are they? Are they young? Eleven and eight. Yeah. Okay, so you kind of have to be home for I them. Just turned I guess. forty. Yeah. Oh, Jeez. lovely! Congrats! Yeah. Exciting. So life is flashing before me. Yeah, I guess the only negative is you don't qualify for the forty under forty, or do they count forty-year-olds? I don't know. To be honest with you, I should I find d- out. I don't know. It says under 40, right? Yeah, under 40. Yeah. God, imagine if you literally just turned 40 no. and they hadn't had the awards no. night and someone nominated I you. Know. Sure, it's when you were. Anyway, I divulge. <laughs> I digress. Um, so you run with franchises, basically. The franchisor and the franchisee. Yep. Can you – I'm so excited to talk about this because I feel like – Starting a business, a lot of people have an image in their head of it's really hard because you're going to do it all on your own and you have to start from scratch. But there's also this option of you can pick up an idea or a concept or a business that already exists and make it your own. So can you tell us a bit about what a franchise is? Yeah, so I guess with with all franchises, you have the franchisor. 
So they're typically the ones who have set up the brand, set up the business model, and then you have the franchisees. So they're they're the ones who would would use the brand, use the business, use the business model, and then essentially it's still their business, but they have support from the franchisor. Um, you know, they they typically do contribute a percentage, typically, mm-hmm. which is which is known as their royalties. Yep. Um, they would contribute back to the franchisor, but in return, it's almost like having a bit of a safety blanket. So, you know, as opposed to starting your own independent business, you can't really go, let's, let's say you open a, um, sandwich shop Mm -hmm. on your own. Uh, you can't then go to your neighbor who is your competition and go, Hey, um, Hey, what marketing things have you tried Mm. that work for me? Mm -hmm. You know, whereas with a franchise, you've got a network of peers, you've got your franchisor. Typically, they all contribute into a marketing fund as well. Yeah. So there's there's kind of mass advertising benefits there as well. Right. And so you have that support. You have the proven business model as well. So, you know, typically it's a brand that's been established for a while and, and you know, there's a track record of, of success. Yeah. And so they, you know, they would pay a little bit more up front. So typically you pay a franchise fee. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then you get the ongoing royalties which you pay. But there's a there is a higher chance of success when you join a franchise mm-hmm. okay. as opposed to starting your own independent business. Yeah, because it's almost like a templated approach. You're kind of like, well, this is what we sell. This is the product or the service. This is the marketing strategy for, you know, X amount of neighbours, I suppose you can call them. Yeah. And say like, yeah, this is the approach you should try because then you've already got some A-B tested methods that you can take away and optimise based on your location, your own unique, yeah, service offering. Absolutely, yeah. yeah, yeah. Cool. And you've got you've just got the support. Mm-hmm. You know, you've got um, one of – so we are a franchise or the company I work for is called United Franchise Group. Okay. Um, American company, yep. um, you know, 35-plus years old. Uh, one of our brands is called Sinorama, so they do – Signage around Ooh. around the place. It's so American, Sinorama. Sinorama, like I know, right? Just <laughs> reminds me a little bit of a Simpsons episode. Yeah, something. yeah, Sinorama. Yeah. Do you have any Perth clients? We do. Yes. So we've got, um, I think we've got about almost 10 stores here awesome. in Perth. 100 in Australia. Yeah, okay. Um, so, you know, globally we've got about 1,600 franchisees around the mm-hmm. world. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, if, you know, with anyone, if you've got it, if you've just bought a business and it's you're new to it. On day one, you're just like, oh my god, what have I done? Overwhelmed, right? yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, totally. And, and you've got customers walking through the door, and so with that, you know, you've got someone who request something. You've yeah. got support. You can go and ask someone. Hey, someone just asked for this, and you can reach out to people yeah. and go, how do you know? How do I fulfill that job? And yeah, you know. So it, that is the that, that's the big benefit of. Of being a franchisee. Yeah, cool. Yeah. Okay, so I want to know a little bit more about you before we delve into what it takes to be a franchisee and a franchisor and how that works. So you're based in Perth. You're based in Bayswater. Is that right? I am. Yes. Yes. Yep. Got it right. Yes. Yes. Like the B suburb. Um, Yeah. Woo. Um, It was in your email in plain English. So I think, yeah. Well done. You can read. Well done, me. (laughs) Yep. have you always lived in Perth? What's what's I, what yeah. does Perth mean to so, you? Mum and dad are Malaysian. Mm-hmm. I'm Chinese Malaysian. They moved over, I think, in the seventies mm-hmm. to study at UWA. Yeah, great time to move I to think, Perth. I think they were high school <laughs> sweethearts, that sort of thing. Oh, sweet, right? yeah. Um, and just stayed. So I ended up staying. Had myself, had my brother in the eighties, and um, I went to school here. Uh, 
went to UWA, originally decided to study psychology. Oh, interesting. So, you know, I'm, I mean, I'm 40 now, right? But when you're, when you're 16, how are you supposed to decide what you want to do? Yeah, it's a very big decision. Right, and psychology seemed interesting, so I did that. Um, and then in my final year, I went on a random trip to Broome with a couple of friends. Oh. And I met my wife. Oh, so at she, in Broome? In Broome. Yeah. So she was a, this is 20 years ago this, in July. Wow. She was a British backpacker. Stop um, it. Right. We met at a campsite. We instantly connected. This is a romance novel. Right. Yeah. And, um, and just hit it off, you know, within, within six weeks, we thought, let's open a bank account together just in case we need proof at some point. Um, and that we just stayed. Proof of what? We made Being in a relationship? Yeah, yeah. You know, in case we need, cause she was on a working holiday visa yeah. and, and all that. And, um. <laughs> and you, you were know. like, I am, I'm in this, I'm, I will put my life on the line <laughs> That's right. for this woman. Yeah. yeah. And, wow. and I was 20 and she was 24, right? So older yeah. woman was like, this is the best thing ever. <gasps> Incredible. Um, now, and then, so I finished my studies and then she was like, why don't you come back to London? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I was a real home body. Yeah. Real sheltered by mum and dad. Uh, <laughs> bless them. And so I think at 20, 2002, no, 2004, I moved to London. Yeah. Uh, with the intention of being there for a year, two years. And then it just, you know, it, year after year rolls on and ended up staying there for about six, seven years. Wow. Ended up becoming naturalised, so pledged my allegiance to the Queen. Yep. Bless her. <laughs> um, and then peeps, so yeah, did a couple jobs there, worked for an online real estate company, saw some amazing properties at, London mm. has ridiculous, oh, yeah, gorgeous, yeah. ridiculous wealth there. Did you see the price and you were like, uh-huh, oh, right. mm-hmm. Right, yeah, run, it, run is, it is crazy yeah. how, much, <laughs> how much some people have. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, incredible. Uh, and then the last, did, did a bit more study, so did an MBA over there. Yep. And then the last two years worked for a marketing and PR communications agency. Oh, awesome. Yep. Uh, and then, then the GFC hit. Yeah, Right. Mm. And, and we were, it was a pretty big company. We were, you know, I'd walk over Tower Bridge every day, you know, I'm like, wow, this is, I'm in the center of London, but people in the office just started disappearing, you know, like one by one, just, and and in the UK it hit hard. Mm. Mm. But over here, all the stories were people, uh, you know, property was going nuts. Mm. It was the mining boom. Mm -hmm. People were earning good money. The economy was strong. So we thought, all right, maybe now. Maybe now's the time to move back. Yeah, yeah. So I think that was 2010 or end of 2009, 2010. Okay. And then that's what I, that's when I started with, with United Franchise Group where I am now. So it's yeah. been, been 12 years. Yeah. Wow. <coughs> oh, cool. So mm. did you find the job before you moved back over or did you move back over and sort of start job hunting? Moved back over and then yep. started job hunting. So we took, we took a few months off, mm-hmm. travelled through India. Wow. Laos, China. Yeah, help did, their economy a, bit a little all bit. That stuff. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Drop your savings. Um, exactly. I love it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And then, um, and then moved back here with the intention of moving to Sydney or Melbourne. Yeah. Just because for sh- for the Charlotte, my yeah. my wife, the the difference between the the busyness of London, was like, and then turning up in Perth where you could be at the train station, there'd be no one around. <laughs> you know, like, that yeah, was the real station closed. Yeah, yeah. Or? You know, and back then there would have been no Sunday mm. trading or. Mm. anything like that so that's right yeah blows my mind yeah. 
So we had we had intentions of moving to a bigger city. Yeah. But mum and dad are here, mm-hmm. and we thought, do we do we want to have kids? And and then we thought, you know what? It, it could take ages for us to have kids if we do want to do it, and we don't want to regret not doing it. So we thought, oh, let let's let's do it, and then it just happened quickly. And then yeah, and then having mum and dad around to babysit super if helpful. If you've got kids, is just amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And before you're not, 12 years is rolled on and you're 40 and you're like, holy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah you can swear. It's fine. <laughs> holy shit. Holy yeah. Shit. yeah. Here I am. Oh, that's awesome. Mm. So you've started a family here. You kind of, your roots are down for like certain. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Perth and is, you know. Yeah. My, I, I go to Sydney quite a bit. Yeah. Um, and, and that's where our Australian office is. Right. Yeah. And, um, you know, the. People always ask, like, what's it like in Perth? I think Perth is just an easy life mm-hmm. compared to, you know, a lot of places around the world. Mm, okay. The traffic is – you can get home in 30 minutes, generally yeah. speaking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, 20 minutes And you yeah, can get to most places, yeah. you know, and yeah. the weather's typically good and lots of space, you know. So much space. Yeah. Yeah, all the space in the world. Exactly. I'm always surprised still going to a beach. I'm like, oh, it's empty, but it's a really nice hot day. Like, how, why – how do I have this be- – is it – is there a shark? Like, am I not aware of something? But no, it's just because oh there are God. too many beaches. People chose the other ones. Oh, when <laughs> I went to Brighton <laughs> Beach, which is uh, yeah. a pebble beach in just south of London, <laughs> and, and on a hot day, right, everyone is out. Everyone's eating ice cream. Everyone mm-hmm. is like not wearing a shirt. Every and it's like and twenty four degrees. Yeah. 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 Oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> hot day. And you you would like you you could not find a place to lay your towel. Yeah. Right. You were literally thirty centimeters from the next person. You were like in their conversation. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that is how busy. And then you, yeah, you can come here and you you, you pick your own spot at the beach here. Yeah. You don't Very even different. hear the guys' music from yeah. like yeah, yeah exactly twenty k's away. Yeah. yeah. That's awesome. So it's quite it's been quite the journey for you. You've got some international experience. We'll call it. Which is yeah. what you have international yeah, experience. Right. Um, uh, what what exactly do you do then at your current like in your current role? My my role has changed a lot mm-hmm. over the twelve years, which has been good. You know, it keeps me. Um, yeah, I was going to say that's like because not to interrupt. Sorry to interrupt you, but no. in terms of like roles and careers and that sort of thing for young people emerging now, like I've had five roles in the past five years, I suppose, maybe mm-hmm. a little bit more than that, but. Uh, that's just the norm because I like the employer that I have now. They mentioned, you know, you've jumped around a lot. A lot. Like, what's what's the reason for this? What are you looking for? Or, you know, what's been the main reason for the move around? And for me, it's like huge culture thing. So mm. if I love the team, but the work I'm like hating is uh, too much to bear, then I'll you know look for something where I actually enjoy the team and the work. Or sure. um, if I'm not as invested into the work, as long as the team's really great, I'm kind of happy. Um, but then you get bored of that because you're like, oh, the work's not challenging. Now I've got to. Yeah. So I feel like yeah. it's quite normal to bounce around. Yeah. 12 years is a long time to be in a role. Yeah. Is I, that g- I guess normal? it is, like, right? Do you feel like that's like um, you For me, I've al- I guess I've always been a little bit like that. Yeah. So like in London, I was with the same place for four years and, yeah. and, and kind of just, just outgrew. I would have stayed there. Yeah. Um, but just I, I needed a bit more direction because I only had a psychology degree mm. at that point, which doesn't. Unless you go and do your masters, you can't practice, and I, I didn't want yeah. to anyway. Um, but but the very, you know, the the London job, it was in an office. I found it a bit, a bit stressful, mm-hmm. and and this job, you know, I'm out. Um, you know, the roles change a lot. So the first number of years, I was the support person. So typically with a franchise, there is always a support person that becomes your kind of first point of call. So right. franchisees can come with 
good financial backgrounds or maybe good marketing backgrounds, whereas some need help in that way. Mm-hmm. Um, so you might go and you know you, know, you might get a call and say, hey, can you come and help me train uh, or train me and the staff on right. editing the website yep. or using Facebook. Um, or might you know they might come and say, hey, can you come and give us a hand looking at, at my P&L, yep. compare it to other stores okay. and, you know, benchmark against them and, and you know, yep. are my cost of goods too high? Am I charging enough? Are my expenses too high? Can I, you know, all those sorts of things, which I guess is, a, again, another benefit of a, of a franchise. You've got other people to benchmark against and you've always got people that are a little bit, you know, you've, well, unless you're the top store, you've always got people that are at the next level. So you've got mm-hmm. people go, how, how did you get from this level to the next level? Mm-hmm. And, and you can compare your stores because you're not, you know, you're not competitors. Yeah. Yeah. That's mm. great. Mm. I feel like that's a very collaborative environment and you would hope that everyone feels the same in the similar roles at the different franchises, yeah. right? Yeah. So yeah. Um, if we look at the franchisor and the franchisee relationship, um, let's start with the franchisee. So how do people, um, ha- or maybe give us some examples of people that have joined or started fran- as a franchisee. Yeah. They've been like, um, you know, where have they come from? What sort of business background do they typically have? Do they have any? Um, is there like a common trend that you notice sure. people who become franchisees? I, I don't think we would be unique in, in our brands in saying that a lot of fran- – we, we get franchisees that have come from all all different types of backgrounds. Mm-hmm. Um, some have owned businesses before. Some have sat behind a desk in a corporate job before. Some have been from sales. Some have been engineers. Some have been accountants. Like, right. Um, we have a really good owner – uh, Craig down in Joondalup, he was an air traffic controller. Oh, wow. You know? And and so completely random, um, which you would think, you know, and now he's in signage and has been with us since 22 years now. Yeah, random jump. Since the year 2000, mm. you know. So, I, I mean, I guess there's probably transferable, transferable skills that he brought with procedures and yeah. systems and all of those things. Um, but we we really get all different people from lots of different backgrounds. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, that's awesome. That's cool. Mm. So do they then typically climb the ranks to become a franchisor? How does that work? Do you have to Uh, own the brand originally? You do. So there's more of a story to that one. Yeah. So we, um, outside of the brands that we have as as our brands that we have as a franchisor, we also have a consultancy. So that, following on from like how my role has changed, as of the start of this year, I'm now yeah. heading up our consultancy side, which turns non-franchise brands into franchises. Yeah, right. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So, oh, cool. So something that could be like a mum and dad's store on, you know, yeah, cafe, for example. Yeah. So here's an exclusive for the for the Birth Business Podcast. Oh, yeah. Listen We're up. about to start franchising Meat and Bun. So if you've ever, if you've ever gone to Meat and Bun... And, I, and and before this, I always loved meat and bun because yeah. I just find the presentation of the burgers is amazing. You don't feel awful after eating them. Um, and I, anyway, they've they've always been a favorite yeah. of mine. So we yeah, are going to begin great. the process with them soon. You know, the, <gasps> awesome. so so with an example like that, you mm. know, you've got a really good product. Uh, they've got um, a few locations already, so they've got mm-hmm. that track record of success. Mm-hmm. Doing really well, really strong branding, really strong, you know, online reviews, really strong social media following. Yeah. And so that typically mm-hmm. is a great model, I guess, for franchising. Yeah. 
So someone can come along. Band playing. Yeah, I, can, and I was like, what is that? Right. And I was like, yeah, sorry. So <laughs> someone good. can come along and. Yeah. So in our process, we would, um, you know, plan out the whole franchise, get the legal documentation that is required for mm-hmm. a franchisor. You know, there are, there are, we all abide by the franchise code of conduct. Yeah. Get an operations manual together. So there's, we essentially have a bit of a, a playbook, you know, so assuming that all new franchisees will be completely new to owning a business or completely new to running a food restaurant or a hamburger, you mm-hmm. know, a burger place. And then we document everything into a big book. Yeah, right. Right. So that's okay. part of the process. And then and then growing the franchise. So so basically a new franchise. Yeah. So let's say franchisee. Yeah, franchisee. Yeah. So it's a little bit, uh, not. It's, it's probably not the right terminology, but, you know, you kind of have a bit of a parent mm. and then you have kind of mm. children underneath that. That, that makes sense. Follow yeah. the mothership around. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, a, so a new franchisee, you know, let's say someone comes along, they fit the bill, they're going to be passionate about the business and they want to open up down in Joondalup. Yeah. And so um, Meat and Bun, they've taken the brand, they'll go and set up there, they'll get all the training, uh, you know, they'll go in and train the staff, um, get them set up, do some pre-marketing and then, you know, awesome. they're off and running. People know Meat and Bun they know the burgers that you know. They know the product that is going to come out. Yeah. And and whoever opens up in Junalup has this massive head start already. Yeah. Already, right? You know, they're not having to spend years refining the business mm-hmm. model, looking for suppliers. Um, you know, building up a social media kind of um, yeah. presence mm-hmm. and a brand and all. You know, building up customer reviews, all those things. You yeah. know, kind of. It's a what we call in franchising like a turnkey solution. So. Mm-hmm. Th- they get the package, it's all tied up in a bow and they just have to... Take it put, away. Exactly. Yeah. Put the time into it and, and obviously they treat it like their baby because it's it's their business at yeah. the end of the day, but they have the backing of a franchisor and a brand there. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. Yep. So in your experience, how would something like Subway or Krispy Kreme have taken off to such a level? Because I've heard certain things like Starbucks, for example, I think they came to Perth at one point and they tested the market, it didn't work out and they removed mm. the stores. But... How would something like Subway, which is a sandwich essentially, a sandwich on the go, um, have seen the, like, what would the steps have been for them? They would have obviously seen the opportunity in the market, obviously not too many competitors in that specific healthy sandwich um, category, um, and then taken it to the next level. How does that, like, how would that have worked? How would that have started? Um, I don't know the origin stories of, of Subway, but well, I, yeah. So that just as an example, as I suppose ex- like, yeah. would it be like a little corner store that you oh, then okay. like, as yeah. a general brand? Yeah. yeah. Typically you, you, yeah, you would, you would have some sort of concept that has been up and running. So you've got some sort of history that there is success there. Yeah. You know? So it would be a successful store you have, that you're yeah. like, Oh, so then what's the difference between a business that wants to grow and scale versus yeah. one that needs to franchise? So, so typically the people I meet... Mm-hmm. Who, have, who, have, who are thinking about franchising, they've, they've got one, two or three, maybe even five places, but they are, they're stretched so thin. You know, they, they might have store managers in, in a lot of them and, and, you know, I've got even in Australia at the moment, the, the one biggest thing at the moment is staffing, mm. right? And so... Lack of, yeah. Find, yeah, and so finding a good store manager is possible and they exist, but they're never going to treat the business the same way that you would treat it because it's your it's your money and it's your, it's your investment, right? Yeah. And your brand. So, and then sometimes capital can be 
a, a limiting factor as well. Mm. So you've got a good brand, you know it would replicate and you could cut and paste it in, into different markets, maybe not even just WA but even interstate or internationally. Yeah. And that's where the franchi- franchising model yeah. can be of right. benefit to them. So you've got you've got your brand and then each franchisee runs those outlets, but they have they have vested interests, you know. They they typically take the lease. They they're the ones who have mm-hmm. the, the payroll. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, most franchises um, would the owner would work inside the business. Yeah, okay. And so they have they have they have skin in the game, mm. right? So they treat it very differently to having a store manager. Yeah, huge difference, I yeah. imagine. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. for the franchisor, then they just have to kind of you know they're not spending every day um, fighting fires in in all the different locations. Yeah. They've got a franchisee in there who's managing the store, and then they just have to support them with with you know store visits, continual training, mm. Mm. helping that makes with sense. the marketing and all that. Yeah. Cool. Mm. Okay. What, what are the biggest challenges that you see franchisees come to you with? Like what are their biggest problems or issues that you have helped them resolve? Sure. Is it around marketing? I imagine that can vary as well. Yeah. Um, or it's very, it's like very that. different. It, it really, it really does depend on the franchisee. Right. Um, some are very self-sustainable and, um, and it's, I guess it, it can depend on what, what background they've had. Mm-hmm. You know, for us, it's always been a, a good, um, a franchisee that comes with good, a good focus on sales mm-hmm. has always done really well. Yeah, you know. Yeah. For for us, we're we're very sales driven. We, you know, we 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 have a real strong philosophy that sales comes first, and and anything you produce afterwards is really there's no point worrying about everything else if you have no sales. So yeah, right. Go and yeah. chase the sales first, and you can produce everything after. So okay. Um. So in terms of, of franchisee support. Uh, it, it's really, uh, yeah, it is, it is a mix of everything, you know, um, trying yep. to, you know, some have great sales, but want to make more profit. So how do we trim expenses or, right. you know, um, am we'll I, un- yeah, am I understaffed? Am I overstaffed? Um, um, how can I, you know, get more, get more out of the, um, you know, how can I reduce the costs of the materials? Mm. You know, is there to too much the wastage? Mm. How do I how do I manage staff? Maybe even sometimes yeah. you know that can that can sometimes be be a yeah. challenge. Yeah, I think that's an interesting topic. Is going from a business owner to a manager because um, mm. there is a difference there. Like you can sometimes not necessarily not eh, sometimes not necessarily be both. I feel like yeah. sometimes in the past, like with bosses that are great at running a business and doing that sort of thing, creating networks or even sales, just management of people is not their strong point. So what kind of resources do you offer to franchisees? Is it workshops? Is it education in like one certain place? Yeah. Is it very self-led? I know yeah. you said you're the support person, but can you talk a little bit more yeah. about that? Yeah. So we, we always, we have a support person assigned to each store. Mm-hmm. Um, and so they tend to be, you know, they'll come out and, and spend time in the store or if they're, if they're based in the state, then they'll be on the phone and, and can set up online meetings. Yeah. So we have those which we, we just call kind of regular store visits. Mm. Uh, and then we would host, you know, online training. So we'd host webinars throughout the year where people can jump on and, and learn about maybe different marketing activities. Yeah. Um, most franchises will have some sort of collective marketing fund. So they'll collect a contribution from each franchisee that goes into into some sort of pool where they can then go and and budget for the year. So, 
Okay, and then mm. the franchisor will help them market by like buying into advertising or that yeah, sort of thing? Absolutely, yeah, absolutely, right? Okay. So maybe we've got $100,000 and we pump it into Google pay-per-click yeah. um, throughout the year. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. then so then you might run some training about how to um, manage your um, Google My Business or your website, right? Or how mm-hmm. to how – to, hey, here's your website. This is what SEO means. Mm-hmm. These are the keywords that you need to be putting into your into your website. Mm-hmm. How yeah. to upload images? How to use this? Yeah. How to use social media? Yeah. Do um, they get input on? So, for example, if you're talking about pay per click, so search ads and that sort of thing, um, if they don't have any knowledge about that, I imagine they you know hand it over to you and you yeah. maybe provide them reports yes. or whatever that yeah. is, um, what that journey looks like. But what if they do have an idea? Do they get an input into it? Uh, it probably depends Usually, on the yeah. franchise brand. Right. I know some, like us as us as our franchise, with our franchises, we run state-based campaigns. Okay. And so one store doesn't, you know, we can't separate each store basically. It's just one big WA mm. thing. And, and that's how we get kind of biggest bang for buck anyway. Mm. Mm. Um, whereas some franchises I do know will allow each franchisee to run their own pay-per-click. Oh, um, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, me personally, I think that gets a little bit messy because yeah. you then start, comp- you know, cannibalizing. Yeah. Know, exactly right, and yeah. you know, you can't if you can't draw perfect targeting, geotargeting yeah. fences around, you know, and territories are all everything overlaps on the internet. So mm, mm. I think it's a bit challenging if you were to allow everyone mm. to go and do their own thing. But you yeah, know, so that's we, the benefit of having a franchise or to do it on your behalf, where everyone invests in that one thing so you've got a bigger pool of budget and yeah. bidding power yeah. to then have, you know, with the strength of a brand name, to then have someone who's an expert in managing that strategy have your best interests sort of in mind. Yeah, and, so, and you know, yeah. we, we ourselves use an agency. So, yeah. the, you know, they're the experts. Yep. Here's our funds. Go away and do it. Yeah. And then we just kind of look at the, the KPIs and mm. analyse from the top level every month. Yeah, because your best interest is... The business owner, the franchisee, right? And the agencies are trying to, yeah, meet your, yeah. your KPIs. Yeah. yeah. Oh, cool. That's super interesting. It's very much more in-depth than one would think. Um, did you think in Perth, did you see people through COVID um, take up franchisee opportunities or did you see a little bit of a drop in like the – because I imagine it seems like a bit of a risk to give yeah. your money yes. over to some something like a yes. franchise. There, yeah. there was definitely a – uh, drop mm. in inquiries when right. when COVID was you know when there were lockdowns and mm. and all that right because no one wants to we, no one no knew what was, about. no yeah. one knew what was going to happen mm. um, so yeah why would you take such a risk mm. in, in saying that though you know COVID has been good for a lot of businesses yeah you know, so depending in what way um, I, I met with a a, a business here uh, today uh, in the health and wellness sector. And, and for them, because they provide, um, you know, they provide a studio where you can go and get a, a massage and you can go and look after yourself. Love that. Uh, yeah. COVID, you know, people have come out and, and, and people are like, I, I need to spend more time on myself. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to go and spend a bit of money to look after myself. I know mm. that's important now, right? Yeah. Um, and, and for us, being in signage and, and our other brand is called Fully Promoted, so they do used to be called Embroid Me, but now rebranded. So they do corporate uniforms. Yeah. Yeah, they do um, branding on uniforms, basically, yeah. and promotional products. Okay. So for those two brands, they were allowed to stay open. Yeah. Um, because and very they can, still necessary. Yeah. yeah. They can, you know, Sinorama 
started selling cough screens and, and COVID signage and, uh, and all those things and, and fully promoted we're doing, you know, they can still do high vis and, and all those, you know, and scrubs and face mm. masks and all that. So if, so for us, the last two years were actually record years for the franchisees. Mm, right. Um, awesome. Yeah. So, you know, it's so, yeah, it, it's interesting, right, in, in these kind of recessions and, and all that. There are, you know, like if all these people that put money into sh- getting off topic now, but all these yep. people money put have the funds to put money into shares when it completely crashes. Mm-hmm. They're the ones who go nuts at the end of the you absolutely know, when it, when it picks back up and cyclical, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. Don't don't get me wrong. There's obviously people that did it tough, and it would have been stress. Like mm. I can't imagine how stressful it would have been. You know, particularly if you had a a, a restaurant or a food. In, in saying that, I've, I have met. Quite a few people yep. who owned restaurants, and because because I think everyone kind of pulled together a little bit and, yeah. and said, "Hey, let's go and support the local restaurant." Yeah, like takeaway was ridiculous for yeah. them, and, and in a way, some of them were more profitable. Right, they didn't have to have staff waiting at mm. tables and and all that, and orders were coming through, and they just had to produce and yeah. get them quickly out. So, yeah, I think it was about mm. how quickly people were able to able to um, pivot into the online space. Yeah. So I know my local pasta place that I was absolutely devastated. They had to close for a bit, but then they came back really strong with a really strong strategy online. They had minimal, they kept on all their stuff, but they had minimal like time in the kitchen, that sort of thing. Mm. So they would be like for two hours, we're pumping out this like, fa- the, you know, our famous lasagna. And then they would sell out within like 15 minutes or like yeah. before the order time, because they were just everyone was like, oh, scarcity, you know, like yes, yeah. It's right. I'm not going to get my pasta, my that I usually have every, you know, two weeks or whatever. Um, I need to get it from these people right now because they're they're doing it for two hours and they need to get paid and yeah. like I need to eat. So, win win, yeah. you know. This is off on a tangent now, but scarcity, right? Yeah. You ever you ever heard of a book called The Six Keys? Of persuasion. Oh yeah, the six. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I know what you're talking about, but I haven't oh, haven't read it in so a very, very long time. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, scarcity is scarcity, one of them. Yeah, right. yeah. Well, you give people like it's. I, this is. I have a big problem with like the fashion labels over over in like France and London and that sort of thing, and how our our brands here in Perth, like we spoke to Edward Maradona who runs Cabinet Noir, and mm-hmm. he's he very much has a high quality product that does use the scarcity model. It does like it has like a you know the limited time only limited release yes. and that sells out like that. Whereas their staple stuff is sort of there. It's obviously a little bit more affordable, but it probably doesn't leave the shelves as quickly. And I'm not making an assumption if Ed's listening, but I feel like over in um, the you know that even the US like the run the run runway shows and the fashion industry there is all about you have to be the best, most famous, most rich people to make the cut. And because of that, they make an absolute killing. And then mm. all of us plebs on the ground, even in Australia, are like, oh, we so want a piece of that cake, even though it is not, you know, it's just because it, we're like, oh, it's it's only happening once every, I mean, it happens every year, but like once in a millennia that you'll get this look and my favorite actor course, and right. blah, blah, blah in yeah. this look. Oh, yeah. So it is all about that we like all get demand sucked. We and all prestige. Get, oh, yeah, absolutely. We all get mm. sucked into that sort of stuff. Totally, Yeah. yeah. Um, funny because franchise is like the opposite of that. It's like, oh, we're, we're everywhere now. <laughs> Get us whenever you like. Right. We're definitely not scarce. Yeah, definitely <laughs> not. They're like my my patients and my brain cells are probably going to get a bit scarce from all the stress. But no, seriously, I feel like as a business owner, it is it is it the better option in your opinion, or are there more factors that it's it's not in? for everyone? Um, mm. you mean 
are you talking as a franchisor or as a franchisee? As a franchise, oh, actually, we can go either way because as a franchisor, I imagine you have a pretty good idea of how you want to grow mm. to be able to then take the leap and say, I'm ready to give some ownership over to someone else. Yes. Yeah. That's a big thing, right? Some people, because it is their brands, their yeah. baby, and they do not want to rel- relinquish, mm. even though you can have all sorts of controls mm. and protections in your franchise agreement, right? So they, the, the franchisee and franchisor will sign an agreement, which will have all those things, you know, so you've got to maintain the brand, you've got to maintain the right signage, you can't change the colour of the logo, you've yeah. got to operate for a certain hour, you know, time period during the day, all those things you can put into a, yeah. into an agreement. Some people still want to have Diverge, maximum yeah. control over their franchise or over their brand, sorry. Right, okay. So, which is fair enough, right? And, yep. they, and, they, and they just want to <clears> deal <throat> with their own employees, mm. um, not have a franchisee and, and, and so, fine, no problem. It's not for everyone. Yeah. Um, and probably the same for, you know, if you were to join a brand as a franchisee. Some people, some people just want to go out there and do their own thing. Yeah. You know, create yeah. their own thing and not, not have a, not that, not that you report to a <coughs> franchise or, yeah. but, you know, not have someone else that, that has a 6% mm. stake in your business, for example. Yeah. 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 It's like a risk in a different kind of way, I suppose. So you can't, yeah, move on. Do you find that people do use franchisee experience to then go and start their own business? Because what I would do if I was, you know, someone making sandwiches, I would want to then go work at a sandwich shop, maybe a really successful popular one. I know we're dropping Subway in a few times, but um, sponsor us. <laughs> <laughs> um, I would go there and have a look at what they're doing right and what they're doing that I think I could do better and not to – Subway is probably a bad example because they are so successful. Yeah. But – What's going to stop me from being like, oh, yeah, this is a period of experience. I'm going to own this business because then you learn, you get support in owning your own business to then be able to take it away and start your own thing. So in Mm. your opinion, have you seen people do that, whether or not it's in the same category or even um, genre industry? Yeah. Like, you know, using it it as a bit of a stepping stone. Yeah. I'm sure it happens. Yeah. A, a franchise probably wants to protect their IP though. You know, mm. all franchises will mm. want to protect their IP. So um, I don't think anyone intentionally goes into business to do that. Yeah. You know, um, but I'm, I'm sure it probably happens at some point. Yeah, it's a good learning yeah. experience. Well, it's like anyone, right? So if you start in uh, marketing, you're going to work at an agency that specializes in digital marketing and then realize digital is not for you. You want to do campaign work. So then you go and work at a different agency, but you've got this wealth of experience that you're like, oh, well, I kind of see how they work mm. and I can elevate the campaign work with a digital experience like background. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. Okay. So in a way it's like it, it can be a stepping stone, but it can also be something you can own fully or go the other way and do something separate and have that learning experience behind you. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Cool. Awesome. Do you see some sort of future or challenge now that we're, I want to say coming out of COVID, uh, knock on wood, um, mm. do you see anything for the future of franchising in Perth? Do you, because I know there's been an incline in small businesses and startups and that sort of mm. thing since COVID, especially since COVID started in Perth particularly. Um, do you foresee any trends or anything in the market around franchising, whether people would be taking it up more or doing their own thing more? Yeah. Well, we, we, because we're, we, so we, we have an American, big, big American office in Florida, right? And, and, and we always follow them. 
um, or follow the trends in the states, mm-hmm. regardless of franchising, whatever it might be, right? So they've they've come out of um, <laughs> not that I want to get into a Trump conversation. <laughs> oh, go on, yeah, I right. do. <laughs> go on. <laughs> no, yeah. Oh, it makes me so angry. <laughs> <laughs> Makes me so angry because I love Trump. No, imagine if I did that. Imagine if I whipped out my little Trump know, wig and I was like, go of, on. I know lots of people that do. Yeah, we um, all do, don't yeah. we? Um, They're not invited to dinner parties yeah, anymore. Yeah. Mm. Um, but so they've they've exited COVID mm. a bit before us in Australia and even more before Perth, right? Mm. Um, and we're, you know, if, if you go to the Eastern States, um, they've kind of moved on yeah, quite a bit a as well. There, you yeah. know, so you don't. Apart from being in on the plane or in, on the airport or a bus, you don't you don't need. I mean, we're the same here, yeah. here now, right? But now we've, we've yeah. just caught up as of like a week ago yeah, or something. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and in the states, it is all picked up again. Um, and oh. for our consulting brand, accurate franchising, which is the one that turns non-franchise yeah. brands into franchises, they've had a record start to the year. Awesome. And so we we know that that will come here. Mm, yeah. And yep. so, we're an, so we're anticipating that Perth, well, Australia, yeah, will be very similar, and, and Perth will be. Yeah. Perth, Perth's normally a little bit, a tiny bit behind the eastern states, yeah. but um, yeah, that's fine. Um, so we know the the boom is coming again, back here, and so as now that it, you know, touch wood, it's not coming back, and and mm. what's this new monkey bloody thing? <laughs> Monkey rash. <laughs> oh yeah, the one that's the outbreak that's gone yeah, right? Victoria oh my and God. Sydney now or oh something. No. Yeah. Monkey something. Yep. Um monkey virus. <clears throat> yeah, that's it is. right. Yeah. God. Um so yeah, we 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 know that that we're kind of headed in mm. the same direction. Here oh, as what well, a so. good little looking glass into the future. Yeah. 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 What's yep. um same sex pay like in America right now? <laughs> <laughs> Probably terrible. <laughs> yeah. Then gaps probably. I mean, we always do it better in WA. Yeah. So, oh, pay in general. I mean, the US has very different um, labor yeah. laws yeah. and um, <laughs> views on many things. Yes, yes, yes. They do. That's a whole nother podcast topic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. But Gosh. yeah, I feel like being Perth local and having that um, not retrospective. What's the future one? prospective look into yeah, that sounds it sounds like suitable. a thing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> having that look into like what. How the, how the economy might evolve and like what we can expect in the next like three to five years is that safe to say yeah one to yeah five years even less I'd say even less yeah, yeah yeah I wonder then um what that means for small business owners and people that have had their growth stage here because Perth is along that lovely timeline where we sync up with like our international cousins so Singapore that sort of thing mm. We're on the same mm. you know meridian line or long, long Longer shoot online, yeah, one yeah. of those lines. Uh, edit that and uh, edit uh, that back in at the end. But um, pause. yeah, pause, <laughs> pause, add in, got it. Um, yes, yeah, so we. I, th- I feel like we've got great opportunities there to be able to um, leverage a little bit more of. We've seen growth in small business. We've had the mining booms, but we're not going to be as reliant on mining. I don't think. Mm. Like, I mean, WA probably is um, quite a lot, especially in comparison with eastern states. But it's interesting to see that what happens in the US does translate over here and to kind of estimate the timing of that and prepare your business yeah, um, yeah. with franchisors yeah. and then targeting, yeah. not I targeting mean, people, but like being there and ready to help people. Yeah. Who are I mean, and Perth has changed. So, like, yeah, we all joke that Perth mm. hasn't changed. But Perth, I mean, I, I really feel like Perth has changed a lot. You yeah. know, we've got 
you know, we've got the Elizabeth Key thing, you know, we've got all these events that happen in Perth. Mm, the um, Elizabeth there's, Key there's, thing, yeah. I love that. The thing yeah, on you the know, water. All the buildings that yeah. ha- are happening around there. <laughs> yeah. Um, there's, there's, you know, so, you know, like we've got the Perth Arts Festival and mm. all and Fringe and, and all these things to do. Van Gogh Lives um, yeah, here. Yeah, you know. <laughs> no idea <laughs> what you're talking about. The Giant came here. The Giant. That I was, saw the giant. We're on the map. Right? I we saw the got, giant. We're getting Harry Styles Harry next Styles, year. Yeah. I feel like um, for, for for Perth to be able to have the insight into what we could bring to Perth and what wins and what doesn't win, so what succeeds and what doesn't in the US versus Eastern states, we should have the best economy ever, should we not? Because yeah. we should be able to see what does and doesn't work. Yes. And then I guess... I guess maybe the problem is having the resources to enact or implement like the from the learnings yeah. what we think will work yeah, best because yeah. we also then have a very different target and audience base. Yes. So it's not necessarily like we should do what America does, but it's it's a nice little like insight to be able to at, at, um, forecast a little bit. Yeah. 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 Yep. To our own plannings. Yeah. Do you have any takeaways then for business owners or people who might want to go into franchising or uh, so fran- being the franchisee or franchising their business? Mm. Any key takeaways and learnings that you've had from your journey in dealing with um, your clients and you know the people that you've had the opportunity to work with? Mm. I'd say if you if you're coming into it as a franchisee, you're buying into a business model. No point joining the brand and then trying to do things your own way. I'm not saying everyone does that, mm. but you know you have to you have to buy into the business model mm. and and at least for the first few years, do it how they want you to do it. Yeah. Don't go, you know, Subway, Domino's, whatever it is, or whatever process or mm. you know, product or service you're selling. Don't think that you know how to do it better just yet. You know, follow, stick to the system. That's what you're buying into and that's what you've invested into. So follow the program first. Mm-hmm. And uh, depending on the franchise, some are fairly flexible, some are not flexible at all. So then you can start, once you've kind of got the lay of the land, then you can start kind of refining things a little bit and... Mm. and doing things but you know stick to the program at the start yeah learn learn yeah, yeah. see why it's so successful exactly use use the resources that you have don't don't shy away from connecting with other people and don't shy away from calling other franchisees they don't even have to be in perth mm. you know call other franchisees in interstate yeah build relationships with with other people because yeah. every everyone has been in your position yeah you know, yeah. everyone has been in there the first week and go, what have I done? Yeah. You know, so yeah, yeah. you've got people who can who can go, you know what, I was in that position t- five years ago and, and look where I am now, you know, right? Mm. And just do this and do that and, and trust me, it'll pay off and keep going with your marketing, keep going with your sales and, and all those things. Yeah. I think yeah. that's a lesson for all business owners because it often feels like when you've got this great idea to fill this gap in the market – it might often feel like oh, I'm the first person to deal with this problem, but chances are you're really not. You're really not the first person to face that challenge. Yeah. And someone out there is, you know, not everyone's willing to have the chat and impart knowledge, but it's very rare that you'll find someone actually be like, no, I'm not helping anyone. Yeah, exactly. I want right? to, yeah, they, yeah. If anything, it's a compliment to, you know, I know we have, Tall poppy syndrome here in Perth, but like, mm. if someone were to reach out to you and say, "Hey, I really want to get in this game that you like," I want your role. Basically, you can either choose to feel threatened, or you can be like, "Hey, yep, this is what I did. Go find a hot babe in Broome, uh, move oh, yeah. to London, uh, then you can be exactly <laughs> where I am. No problems, right? Easy, <laughs> uh, right? But it is, it is, um, 
you know, how can how do you view everything? Mm. And this is like how, you know, I mean, trying to teach 11 and 8-year-old kids, but <laughs> you, you can, you know, happiness is not all about money, right? And um, it's it's easier for me to say because we, we don't have to worry about food and mm. we don't have to worry about rent and, and paying a mortgage and all that. But when when you when you can appreciate life and be great, um, what is the word for gratitude? But in another tense, right? Yeah, like you grateful. Can be grateful. Yeah. There you go. That's yeah. it. English is not my first you language. Can be. So. <laughs> we'll give that to you. Also, <laughs> wine is not your first drink. No, no, I'm no, kidding. no. I've never drunk before. Yeah, <laughs> I'm 17. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, the wine's just not doing your skin any favors. <laughs> Looks not. You don't look 40 though. I'll give you that much. Uh, Genetics, damn right. it. I have to tell everyone, right? Because everyone's like. Oh, I don't know, just to when you're meeting with new people mm. and they might think you're a bit younger and you're trying to to Impress, explain yeah. to them yeah. something, mm. right? They're going to, mm, like what oh, we were I've talking about before, yep. right? Yeah, when you yeah. think you're young and mm. I've been when, there. When you look young. Yeah. Um, but yeah, being, yeah, you can look at things differently. And yeah, it's easier said than done, right? But you can, when you're grateful for everything that you've got and grateful for the fact that you're alive and, and, not everyone, but the majority of, you know, we, I think in Perth and Australia in general, compared to somewhere, um, some other countries where you have the ultra, the ultra, ultra wealthy, mm. you have on the flip side, the ultra poor, mm. you have real poverty. Huge gap. Yeah. And I think in Australia, one thing we have, we do well, and yes, of course, there's, there's homeless people and yep. there's people that live below the poverty line. Yeah. But I think the, the the two ends of the extremes are a lot closer to each other than some of these other countries. Yeah. Um, yeah. So for the majority of us, I'm not saying everyone, mm. but I don't know, they, it, you know, you can look at two different things. You can, you might, let's say you've got a business and you go out for an appointment and it, it goes, doesn't go as well as you want it to or or a customer has come back with you with something and, and a complaint and like, you can either take that as like, you know, you know, yeah. guff, you know, yeah. all that sort of stuff. Or you can take that as feedback and go, you know what? I need, I need to improve. Mm. I'm going to use this or, or seeing someone who's better than you. Mm. You can be bitter about it. Yeah. Or you can go, you know what? I use that. that as motivation to, yeah. to try and do and learn from better, them. right? We yeah. had this learning like when I was doing, uh, I can't remember, it was must have been workshops or something that I was doing. And one of my best friends, I literally spoke to her before this conversation today with you because I've had an opportunity with something and I was like, I've, I'm so excited. I've taken the time to think about it. And I called her and I was like, I just want your advice um, as a friend, as a mentor. She owns a business. She's kind of in a similar realm to me, but on a different complete like level. Yeah. Um, she's way successful, way successful. Like she's raking it in at the moment. She's loving what she does. She's traveling for work. So that's where I want to be eventually. Right. So I call her and I'm like, I've had this awesome opportunity. And immediately she spots the holes in the plan. And she's like, all right, cool. But have you thought about this? Um, make sure you value yourself and charge, you know, blah, blah, blah. Do this send me this, send me your contract to make sure that like I'll run my eyes over it. And I'm like, I'm so grateful that I'm not the egotistical person who's like, "Mm, I'm going to be better than her and I'm better than this because I have better business sense or, you know, I can do this better. It's like, oh, I recognize she's doing a really fucking great job. Yeah, right. And I can learn from her, obviously. Like, obviously. Why don't I 
bring her on side. She's an awesome person. Like, if she was a dick, we probably wouldn't be friends. But I'd still try to learn from her in some sense, yeah. right? Yeah. And that's what you're doing as a franchisee. You're looking at the big brand that's done it really well and you're learning from them and making it your own thing, making it your own success. Yeah. Mm. That's what they say, isn't it? I knew what I was going to say, but now I've forgotten anyway. But, <laughs> oh, surra- you know, like, you you want to hire people that are smarter than you. Mm. Or surround yourself with, surround yourself with, with people that yeah. are... Because then you bring yourself to their level and then when they start, you know, doing, you know, moving out of the industry or, you know, if it's a friendship group, they start doing things different, then you level up and you find people even smarter than them. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. Totally. Yeah. I totally agree with that. I think I was listening to one of your other things. Mm. I was about money. Oh, yeah. Hannah Richards. Saving and and all that. And I think she might have brought up exercise or something. But yeah, if you, you you know, if if you surround yourself with people that, Exercise, yeah. Uh, yeah that, well, I find that motivational. Mm. Right? You go, oh god, I don't want to be left behind. Yeah, because they're so going to message you and be like, you, yeah. "Do you want to go for a yeah, hike? Yeah. Not, do you want to get fucked up tonight?" Yeah, yeah, exactly. Right? Yeah. I sit on the couch and which I do. But, yeah, um, you know, I mean, all you that need stuff. Those, yeah, yeah, you need yeah, that time. Yeah, you need right? those friends who'll eat yeah. a pizza with you on the couch and then the next morning go for yeah, a run. Yeah, you're getting with you. you get yeah. influenced by the people around you. You're motivated, mm. or you, well, on the flip side, or you can be bitter about it and go, yeah, and spend your energy elsewhere. Yeah. This has been a very fruitful chat. I feel like I've learned a lot. I had no idea about the journey to franchisee or franchisor and why anyone would want to go into that world or why not. Um, So that was, yeah, super insightful. Thank you so much. No problems. Thank you very much for having me. Yeah. And thanks for sharing a wine as well. Absolutely. We love a Friday Thursday. I know. The weekend's pretty much here. It's here. I'm not even going to do any work tomorrow. (laughs) (laughs) Let me just block that bit out. (laughs) And pause. (laughs) Thank you. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Perth Business Podcast, where we love to talk a little bit of shit while discovering gems of knowledge from professionals and those just trying their darn best in Perth. Make sure you check out past episodes for trade secrets, tips and learn strategies in various different industries. If you rate, review and subscribe, it really helps the podcast grow and reach the earholes of many different business owners that could use the advice and insights from the learnings of our guests. If you, like our guests, are passionate about their community and open to sharing experiences, tips and ideas with other business owners, I look forward to connecting with you. You can reach out to me at theperthbusinesspodcast at gmail.com or slide into my DMs on LinkedIn, Instagram or Facebook. As always, thank you so much for listening to another episode of the Perth Business Podcast. I look forward to connecting with you and collaborating with you in our business community in Perth.